Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Great episode coming to you in 30 seconds. But first, got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. They remain the number one source for all your sports betting this season, every season, any season. That's where you're going to find all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or any game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events, so what are you waiting for? Head on over to BetOnline.ag. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v you will receive that 50 percent reward only at bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod i got a returning guest here with me it's been way too long far too long but i'm excited to learn about him and this is the perfect time of season with the college uh college football season over for the nfl draft on its way in about five or six weeks it's college football sports maven melvin buchanan melvin welcome back how are you today doing fine joey how are you I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm glad to have you back. It's 2023. Uh, the you know the last time that we spoke, I think we talked a little bit about you know the future of Justin Fields. Lo and behold, my team goes out and loses 14 football games. Somehow, magically, lucks themselves into the number one pick, and then trades the number one pick over to the number nine pick. Um, so let's just kind of start here. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks a little bit. You know, just uh, as an outside observer, seeing, are you surprised that the Chicago Bears? moved on from the number one pick among these four college quarterbacks and stuck with Justin Fields or no, this makes sense to you. No, this makes sense to me. I think uh, they haven't put the pieces around him yet that he actually needs. And I think he's probably farther along in his development than they actually think. It just hasn't, you know, he just hasn't blossomed yet, but I think he's right there. And it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense if you ask me if you got a young quarterback uh, to go and get another young quarterback and basically start the process over again, with, keeping in mind that the second guy would also be an un unknown commodity. At least you do know now after two years with Justin, where his weaknesses and strengths are and what you really need to work on. Whereas the new guy, you'd have to figure all of that out all over again. Yeah, I, I've likened it a little bit to if you're playing a game with Texas Hold'em and if Justin Fields is like, I don't know, a pair of 10s, I'm not saying he's a killer hand, right? But it's a pretty promising hand. You don't fold that right now, right? You play the rest of that hand out instead of saying, fold, give me a whole new set of cards. And that would be the position that the Chicago Bears would be in if they had traded, if they had kept that number one pick and traded number one Fields among these four college quarterbacks. Well, I, I totally agree with you. That's where they would be. And I also think what happens is that when you go out and get a different quarterback, you have to go and also get different pieces, Ooh. which means, you know, because you have a whole new puzzle that you're working with now, at least you may have half the puzzle filled out now around Justin, and you only need half of the puzzle. But if you go get a new quarterback who plays totally different, you have to start over in the puzzle. And I just don't think that would make a whole lot of sense. Right. And, and you know, I have I watch every snap. I breathe every breath with Justin Fields over this past season. You know, there are a lot of, I think, physical traits that people in the national media like to, um, like to show and, and, and highlight with Justin Fields. But I do think he has a lot of intangibles, too, in terms of his leadership, 
his willingness to learn. And we can always talk about hard work, but there's a sincerity with the way that he works at his game that just has me believe that whatever criticisms about his lack of processing or he's a first read guy or whatever, I do think that he has a, a great chance to overcome that at some point. I really do too. I think what's happened a lot with him is that as what happens with a lot of quarterbacks, uh, particularly black quarterbacks that can run, uh, a lot of times the teams don't build the team right in that they're counting on all of that extra from the quarterback until they they sometimes cheat in areas where they really should go out and get players and not force that that quarterback to have to play in that manner. You know, it it's pretty much time out for the running. You want a quarterback to be able to run if he's in a tight position, but you don't want to be counting on him as a part of your running game because that's what you pay running backs for. And ultimately what happens is if you built your team around a quarterback that does a whole lot of running, most of the times you'll never win any big games. Not because you don't have a good team. It's just that when you get down to the end of the season and the money games, if your quarterback has been doing a lot of running, in most cases, he's probably hurt by then. And now your team is in shambles because your leader is hurt. You know, So you don't want him to do a whole lot of running. It also feels a little bit like a chicken in the egg, Melvin, too, as well, of the Bears don't surround him with any offensive pieces. Put an offensive line around him that is inexperienced, hasn't played a lot together. Some guys are maybe past their prime. Some guys are before their prime. And Justin Fields, I think, to his credit, is a guy who's so competitive that the running became a necessity, not out of something that he – a preference of his natural playing style. And then he builds this reputation as a runner – when maybe we can just kind of look at, as you mentioned, the pieces that were put around him last year, because I think it was more out of necessity. And we were competitive in games against the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, a lot of playoff caliber teams. Of course, we lost those games because of Justin Fields and that competitiveness. Right. I, I think you're exactly right. And I've seen it so many times in the NFL. Uh, a team will draft a quarterback like Justin, and they'll play him, and they'll screw around and screw around and screw around until he's probably past his prime and then they'll go out and get all of these pieces that they should have gotten three or four years earlier and then they will fault him again and say well you couldn't get it done after we went out and got all of these pieces but they they won't take that hit for saying we waited until you were old to go and get the pieces and way beyond your prime to surround you with the right people so i think if Justin is what you're going with, then they need to look at the pieces that fit around Justin and start getting those pieces versus just saying, well, whatever we're short on, we want Justin to make up the difference because ultimately he's going to wind up hurt if you go that angle. Yeah, tail is old as time in terms of the trajectory of a quarterback's career. One example of, that you mentioned there that I think about different player skill set situation, but kind of how Alex Smith kind of played out in San Francisco as a number one pick by that final year when he was actually playing well, understood the position, uh, they traded him. And then he right. had a successful career in Kansas City. There's another player, too, that reminds me of, you know, Donovan McNabb had all the, the, the physical traits and the skills in the world, had a lot of criticisms that I think were unwarranted, and then they always were trying to rotate 
wide receivers around him while this running game was based behind him until he finally got a player, I don't know, named Terrell Owens, and then they kind of went somewhere and went to a Super Bowl. But Melvin, let's get to the main point that I wanted to get to you with you. is I, I did want to get your perspective on the four quarterbacks coming out in this draft. And for those of us listening today, I'm going to uh, you know bring us all into the circle here. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. Let's take those players off the board for a second. When you're watching college football, you've watched decades, you've watched so many hours of football. You know, what is it that, what is it in a quarterback that when you're watching him, that light bulb goes off in your head and said, this kid is special? Is it a particular trait? Is it a particular kind of throw? What is it that kind of, uh, you know, that really lights that bulb off in your head that this kid may maybe really succeed, uh, not at the college level, but succeed at the NFL level? Well, I look at um, most of the time ball placement, you know, where he places the ball. And then I look at decision-making because the decision-making really is not so much decision-making as it is being able to read defenses. Mm -hmm. Because if you can read defenses, your ability to read will tell you, I guess you could say, will make the decision for you if you can read the defenses, you know where to go with the ball. But if you can't read the defenses, then you can have the best arm, the best leadership. You you can't get anywhere. You got to be able to read the defenses or understand what the defense is doing so that you know where to go with the ball. So I, I look at, uh, you know, how well they read defenses, um, you know, and the decision making process behind that. And then I look at how well they maintain their cool in a tight situation, you know, because a a lot of guys may have a whole lot of ability, but they can't maintain their cool or they don't understand why they need to maintain their cool. Because a lot of times you may not actually be the horse on the team, but the team is looking to you for leadership. And if you can maintain your cool, a lot of times, the horse will play better, whoever the horse is on the, mm-hmm. on the team. But if the horse is looking at you for, from a leadership standpoint and he sees you frustrated or, or uh, discombobulated, if I may say, then it throws everybody off because everybody's looking <laughs> for the leader to be cool. The yeah. horse is throwing you off. <laughs> right. Yeah, right there. Um, so in that regard, then, out of those four quarterbacks right now, who would you say perhaps has the edge um, who is the best at reading defenses coming into this draft out of those four quarterbacks? The best at reading defenses, I would say it, it's probably a tie. Mm-hmm. And it's a tie probably between Stroud and um, the gentleman at um, Alabama. Bryce Young. Yeah. Bryce, Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bryce may be just a tad better. Um, than Stroud, but I I really think Stroud is better. And the reason I think Stroud is better, you see Stroud get a play completed without having to move as much or run as much. And that tells me he's able to read better, whereas a lot of times uh, uh, Bryce Young will pull the ball down and move. You know, he may it may be a rollout, it may be a run altogether, but very seldom do you see Stroud really just take off into a run. And I think that's because he really is better at probably reading those defenses. 
yeah, a little bit more of a he just sits in the cleaner pocket. He runs right. a more of a cleaner offense where Bryce right. due to uh, let's get to it. Um, perhaps his size has to lean on maybe that extra athleticism to create different angles and read the defense. Um, you know, there's a lot of different reports out there about Bryce Young's height. Uh, some people got him at 5'10 and some change. Other people got him at right about 5'10. He pushed over 200 pounds at the combine. Uh, but look, let's be honest. It doesn't matter whether you're 195 or 2 or 3, in my opinion. You know, you're it's a, it's a thin frame. Um, is that a concern for you at the NFL level? And, and, not- I, and how does he overcome it? I don't know, you know. I really don't think you overcome that. I mean, you yeah. can't wish yourself bigger or think yourself bigger. <laughs> We've you, tried you, though, Melvin. We tried, remember? <laughs> you you are what you are. You know, you are what you are. We're at the gym uh, just being like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I think that hurts you. Um, you know, I think his size does hurt him. Um, he's one heck of a ball player. That's, mm. you know. There's no question of that, you know. Uh, you know, I always go back and think about the Texas game when Alabama was playing Texas. Had Bryce not been able to duck that rushing defender, I think Texas had Bama whipped. I really do. And but to be totally honest, there's probably not three other people in the country who could have done that. You yeah. know, so him just being superhuman, so to speak. Uh, won the game for Bama, but I think had he not made that play, I think Texas, even Texas would have beaten Bama this year, you know, uh, easily, so to speak. I think that that game would have been different. But the thing, too, with Bryce is that it forces you, number one, you're scared of him getting hurt at any time because his frame is so little, uh, so light. You know he can't absorb hardly any punishment. I, I say it this way, NFL-type punishment. You know, so he has to learn to do a baseball slide or shoot on out of bound or whatever. Or or I would even say the biggest thing he's probably going to have to learn is to get rid of the ball quicker. You know, make a decision quick on what you're going to do and get rid of the ball because sometimes you're not going to be able to outrun that linebacker or beat him to the sideline. And you're not going to be able to, He's. I don't think his frame is built to take that kind of punishment. The other thing it does, it sort of stifles the play calling to a certain extent. Because certain plays probably where you got to just, where you want to just drop back and deliver the ball really quickly. He can't necessarily run those type of plays because in so many situations, the linemen are so tall. Right. That can can he drop... be under center? Can he be under center? You know, I mean, that, that was you know, the thing with Drew right. Brees that... was Drew Brees had to go to shotgun just because right. he could see over. Yeah, it's it's a real yeah, it's I physics. Think that's, it's nothing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the problem. And then you have to roll out a lot just so that you get throwing lanes for somebody that short. And then the rolling out creates another problem because now that he's out of the pocket, he's a target for all of those defenders. You know, so the park, the pocket is your place of safety. So you want to try to stay in that pocket if you can. But I think with his size and so forth, a lot of times he's really going to have to get out of the pocket. And that may not necessarily be a good thing. Melvin Buchanan joins us here on Bet on Chicago. So having said that, Melvin, the Carolina Panthers with the number one overall selection in the NFL draft select. I don't- Probably say Stroud. 
Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what, that's what, a lot of the reports right now are, you know, because obviously with the Bears now moving up from moving from number one to number nine, you get these reports of well, why did the Panthers do this? Who is their guy? Quarterbacks coach just signed Josh McCown. Um, love C.J. Stroud, and that that appears to be where it's leaning right now. But you think that's probably the move? It's probably the safest bet, right? Like the the highest floor, maybe not the highest ceiling. That's probably the move. I would say it's the safest bet, uh, and I would probably say the most pro-ready quarterback too in the uh, entire draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at all of the aspects of a quarterback, uh, if you just want a guy to just stand in the pocket and just gun the ball everywhere, I would definitely say probably Levis would be that guy. But so many teams now don't have the offensive lines to just let you do that. You know, just mm-hmm. stand there and throw the ball, which is basically old school football, you know, stand in the pocket and you, because when you get him outside of the pocket, you know, that the athletic part of it, you know, he's probably going to suffer there, but for us just gunning a ball down the field and, and getting it where it needs to go, he's probably, probably the best of all at that. But that the other intangibles, I think he probably is a bit behind the, the other guys on it. So I would just say Stroud is much more, a well-rounded one other point I would say too is that if the Panthers wanted to stay with their typical or I would say historical profile that they sort of developed with Cam Newton then um, Anthony Richardson would be the guy that was my next one yeah yeah. so real quick Melvin I'm gonna set it up for you right because here's I was where I was going with this was um, you know, we we live in a very divided country now, Melvin. You're either on one side of the argument or on the other side of the argument. Which side are you on, Anthony Richardson, right now? Are you on the side that says this guy has all the talent in the world? If you give him some time, he could be something special. Or there's a lot of people. I mean, look, and the game tape says it too. That you know the accuracy issues. He just hasn't played a lot of quarterback, um, and there's just so much unknown that it would scare you. Which side are you on with Anthony Richardson? I'm on that, you know, I guess the initial side that you mentioned, which is he has all of the tools, all of the intangibles to work with, but he would probably be better served going lower in the first round or maybe even second round. And I don't say that to discourage him or his family from I guess, getting the best contract they can get. I mean, they'd be fools not to. But sometimes when you know that you need that extra development, it's better to go a little lower and be with a team that probably doesn't have as much invested in you and they are willing to give you some time versus shove you out there right off the bat and say, hey, we want to, you know, we want ROI on our investment (laughs) And, and, you know, and you're like a deer in the headlights and you look real bad, although you weren't a bad ball player, you just needed some time to develop. So I I think if he went to the Panthers, they'd probably just throw him out there like that. And I don't really think that'd be good for him. I think, I actually think he really did, you know, he really does need to go uh, to somebody who maybe has an old vet that he can play, you know, sit behind a year or two. And, and and come up to speed. You know, I think that would be big help to him. 
you're making me think of a, a really interesting sliding doors of we have this example in our very recent history and his name is Zach Wilson and he was a guy who was drafted number two overall with all these uh, intangibles and all these off script uh, the arm the arm the cannon that he could the throws that he can make um, off script and you really kind of wonder you know because the number two pick and I mean he needed to deliver right away he's clearly not ready to be a starting quarterback in this NFL right now. And maybe he was a guy that needed a couple of years of some more maturation, a little more seasoning. But the fact that he is the number two pick, you know, now he's buried, right? And now they have to go out and they have to do this Aaron Rodgers thing. And, you know, you kind of hope in maybe a couple of years he can come back and maybe, you know, kind of reclaim a little bit of that talent, a little yeah. bit of that promise. But right now, right, I mean, he went to a bad situation. That was a right. bad situation that Zach Wilson went to. And you're saying maybe Anthony Richardson, if a team isn't careful, could end up in that same spot. He could. And, you know, I'm actually, you know, hoping he probably goes a bit lower just for his good. Yeah. Uh, because then he wouldn't have the pressure on him by, I would say, the public or his club, you know, because they would know, the public would know, and the fans would know this is a, I guess you could say, a project. It may be a high dollar project, but we know. Uh, you know, QB one is not him this year. It's going to be somebody else. And we're going to take some time and, and, you know, bring him up to speed or even see if we can bring him up to speed. And I, I think they can. I, I think a typical example of that was uh, McNair. When he came into the league, he sat a while, two or three years behind somebody and, and he came up to speed. But I think had they thrown him in right out for the bat, coming from the office that he came from at Alcorn and so forth, he probably wouldn't have made it. You know, he probably wouldn't have. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the advantages that Stroud has is that he has come up through a pro offense, a pro style offense, you know, whereas Richardson wasn't necessarily in a pro style offense. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he had a good probably quarterback coach in, Mullen for that year that he was there, but Mullen doesn't really coach a pro style quarterback. He coaches a uh, sort of a hybrid type quarterback where you, you know, the quarterback is really the star of the team and he runs the ball and he throws the ball and he does everything. But in NFL, they don't really need you to do that. That's the reason they pay other folks checks too, you know, <laughs> so they, they just need you to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, God, that's a great call on McNair. I, I, I distinctly remember that. I think I was in high school at the time is maybe around the 99, 2000-ish era, maybe even a year or two before that when it really clicked for him. Right. And then, and then, then we started to really see all the promise uh, head up on the field, and he took that team to the Super Bowl. I got two more topics here for Melvin Buchanan here on Bet on Chicago. Um, forgive me, I didn't put this one in the pre-notes because it just I'm just reading about this a couple hours ago. Um, so I just want to kind of get your perspective. And this is a broad perspective because, again, I don't think we all have the information. So how easy it is uh, for us to have opinions on these things um, when we don't have all the information. But and if you haven't seen this yet, I'll bring you up to speed. Obviously, um, you know, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, as we all know, was a player that was, you know, everyone thought was going to be the number two, number one or number two selection in the NFL draft coming up. As we all know, he now has misdemeanor charges. Um, due to reckless driving, um, where a teammate and another staff member of his passed away in a horrible car accident after the national championship game. He is dealing with that off the field right now. He did not perform at the combine. He had his pro day today, Melvin. And 
he opted to not do any of the positional drills. He opted to not run the 40. And he also showed up to camp. He also showed up to his pro day at 323 pounds, which they're saying is anywhere between whoever you ask, 9 to 11 pounds over what he was when he weighed in at the end of the year. Um, I, I just want to kind of get your perspective because these are kids, right, Melvin? You know, and he's going through something right now. And I think a lot of people are trying to paint him with this brush that he's he's a bad seed and a bad character. I don't know if I can answer that based on what he's going through, but I don't feel like today was a good look. Um, we were just talking about landing spots with players. Jalen Carter, you know, is it maybe better for him to fall out of the top 10 and go to a team? Would you roll the dice on a guy like Jalen Carter? You know, is his caliber a player enough for you to say, hey, I can overlook some of this stuff that's terrifying me right now? What is your perspective on that situation? Well, to be totally honest, I still think he's probably the best player in the draft. Okay. Uh, I still think he's probably should be the number one guy. Um, I think we have to look at things from the right perspective. And I think he's being painted into basically being a monster. And my thing is this, since when did teenage boys racing make either one in either car a monster? It's just something that nearly all teenage boys have done. Now, yes, it was tragic that these two people lost their lives. But the question is, was he driving the car they were in? My understanding, you know, he was driving another car. He was racing with them. That was my understanding. I may be wrong. He, you know, I don't know all the details. And, you know, it may be years before we get all of the details. But my thing is, is that it was a tragic situation that happened out of several teenagers doing what teenagers have always done ever since the United States or America has had cars. So I'm not saying it was a good decision. Um, I'm not saying I'm happy about the, the two uh, young adults being killed. But what I am saying is that you're looking at teenagers, 19, 20-year-olds, maybe 21, and we can sit and do 2020 hindsight thinking all we want to. I never would have how, done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. how he should have done this or that. But a 19-year-old cannot have a 60-year-old mind. I don't care how hard he tries. He's still 19. He may be as sharper than average 19, but he's still... 19 and he doesn't have a 60 year old mind like mine nor does he have 60 years of living experiences to back up his decisions like i do so he's he's 19 and we have to look at that it wasn't like he went out and arm robbed somebody or shot somebody or yeah. led an insurgency against the country or whatever he was just a young man racing he was he just won a national title he's jacked up he excited he's out you know you don't want him to drink and drive but they do you know and this tragic thing happening so i think he's really being uh painted totally wrong and i think he's being punished for something that probably even the folks who are trying to punish him if you look back in their history they probably raised too it just so happened that nobody got hurt when they right. were racing but they raced 
How do you, how do you make sense about him showing up ten pounds overweight though to his pro day? Something, nothing. I mean, I, I well, don't know. to be to, to be totally honest, I think the best thing for him probably in that situation would have been not to show up at all. Yeah. After having gone through what he's gone through, so I mean, the kind of pressure that that young man is under now, and the way he's being roasted in the media. It's a wonder he didn't come in 50 pounds overweight just from the stress of it. You no, know, no, it makes you think kind of now what is mentally maybe going on with him. And, um, you know, that's the other part, too, is that I think we're trying to put ourselves we're trying to put ourselves into the shoes of how we would have handled the situation. But I don't think we're trying to wrap our heads around um, the perspective of probably what you're you know, what you're talking about eloquently is a 20 year old kid how he's mentally handling the challenge of he, he there's a consequence when you make mistakes people let's not right. forget that and there's a consequence to the mistake that he made he's living with it and everyone is yelling it into his face all day long while he's also trying to you know secure um you know hopefully generational generations worth of wealth for himself and his family there's a lot going on there so i'm, I'm just trying to like you know wrap my head around well, I, a little bit I, I think one thing that's happening is that they paint him as if he was an enemy or an adversary of the two young adults who were actually killed. Nobody is really looking at what he's dealing with because these were his friends. Yeah. So we were out racing and having fun, and now two of my friends are dead. That's enough for him to deal with right there. And then on top of it, the whole country jumps on top of him. Now you're a monster, you're this, you're that. So he's actually getting, I guess you could say, a twofold hit. He's he's taking a personal and emotional hit because his friends are gone. And then he's taking a, a person another hit. The whole world is against me. Yeah. That's a lot to deal with. Yeah, and and look not to excuse the choices that he made but in this day and age melvin um i'm sure you're fully aware that the court of public opinion now has never been stronger oh yeah um, you know what i mean and um so i i'm, I'm just kind of curious about where he's going to uh you know how he's going to rebound from this and i you know i'm sure he wants to move on with his life and i i'm sure he wants to uh, tone is not the right word, but obviously he wants to try and learn from this experience and become a better human being. Cause that's right. all you can do when you make a mistake is try right. and learn from it and become a better human being. So I'm curious to see, you know, what, what, what happens to him and, and let's get to our final topic here. I just want to ask you, you know, the Chicago bears now are sitting at number nine. Um, there are obviously, you know, we're looking at our offensive line. We need help in the trenches, Melvin. That's what we need. We need some old school, o-line d-line we need some big guys stopping the ball and we need some other guys protecting people from getting after our franchise quarterback uh, so i wanted to throw some names out there to you in my personal opinion i think we might agree on this one if jalen carter is there at nine i feel like if you do your homework and everything checks out enough i think you do take jalen carter at number nine in my opinion but if they don't I want to throw a couple of names out there to you, and I just want to get your perspective of any of these are maybe catching your eye and getting you going a little bit. You know, there's Miles Murphy. There's Tyree Wilson. There's Lucas Van Ness. Or, you know, is, is it on the offensive side? Paris Johnson, you know, Pete Skaronsky. 
If you're the Chicago Bears sitting at nine, what would you do? How would you attack this? Is there a player that I just mentioned that maybe jumps out to you that that has you interested? Well, like you said, I think definitely um, if Jalen Carter falls to nine, I mean, after I, almost taking him at one, yeah, that'd be it. a no. That'd be a no-brainer. Yes, you know, you have to take him, and I think he is the you know the the stud that you want on defense. You know, to sort of I guess reminisce back to the old days when you had. Uh, I'm trying to hey, think. Who, did, who yeah? Does he remind you of anyone? Does he remind you of anyone? You know, uh, maybe from a different generation. Everyone says, you know, Aaron Donald is the preeminent now defensive tackle. They're different body types and all that stuff. Is there yeah, a guy? He, that... He's definitely a different uh, body type. I won't necessarily say he reminds me of uh, anyone, but I will say that you know your defense improves immensely. And and I'm not saying Chicago has a bad defense, but your your defense improves immensely when you sign a guy like that because you know he's going to eat up two or three offensive guys, which means somebody is open if it's taking three to deal with him. <laughs> you know, so that that a guy like that is always a good to have. But if if I couldn't get him, I would definitely go with offensive linemen. Because the way I saw, you know, in watching the, the Bears game, watching uh, Justin run and watching Justin get hit, then if this is our guy, we got to protect our guy and and allow him to be himself. And what I mean by be himself, he's talented it enough to just be himself and he can win game. But if you don't put the right stuff around him, then you force him to be somebody other than himself and he looks bad and gets hurt so you need to put uh the, the protection around him i mean if you look at kansas city or whatever they spend a ton of money on their offensive line protecting Mahomes. it's like hey we got 400 million invested over here and we're protecting our investment it just makes sense you know so i think um number one a better offensive line would do a better job of protecting field but a better offensive line would also improve the running game period for the running backs if you got better offensive linemen, which again would open up uh, the the offense more if, if you get an even better running game going. Melvin, thank you so much for jumping on Bet on Chicago. Uh, great to see you. Great perspectives. I always enjoy the conversation, and I promise you, on the mic, recording now, we're going to do this again soon. It's not going to take as long as last time after I took my little my little break. Uh, life got in the way. Uh, we're going to have you come back really soon. I usually ask people if they want to toss out their socials or anything they want to promote. Feel free to do it. I don't know if that's going to be the case for you, but if you want, you could throw out a couple of shout-outs or anything that maybe that's going to be checking out this pod. But again, man, Melvin, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I always learn something from you every time. I can't wait to do it again. You're welcome. Let's do it again. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Only to get that 50% welcome bonus, you got to use that promo code. Thank you so much for hopping in. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Come on back the next time. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Do you believe? 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.